Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Bill and not Chris today. Chris is out of town this afternoon, this morning, and she is unavailable, which means that we're going to have a lively conversation, I guess, between you and me. So I'll have to depend on your input. You know, talk to the screen or shake your fist or take lots of notes. I don't know. Do something that make this a conversation, I guess, as opposed to a lecture, which is, let's be clear, that's kind of what it is. So I'll try not to sound very lectury in this episode. In this episode, we are talking about one of the things that's really near and dear to my heart, and that is how do we get first-time visitors, and I'm speaking specifically of those who don't do church. Maybe they've done church in the past, maybe they've never done church, but these are people who are not your duns. They have quit church, you know, they've left, they, they quit during covid and, you know, they just haven't come back. I'm not talking about retreads, at least in recent history. I'm talking about reaching out to people who are not uh, accustomed to church. Because, let's be honest, that uh, rearranging the, the chairs on the Titanic is not all that helpful. And, you know, if someone has left the church, they quit the church, and they come back, they come back with baggage. And, yes, that's, you know, I mean, we're glad to have people sitting in seats, but the reality is we need people who don't want to be church members, but want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And by and large, in my experience, and I'm guessing probably yours as well, those who have quit the church and somehow we begged, cajoled, shamed them into coming back, disciples of Jesus are not quite what they look like. Maybe we can get it converted someday, but all I can say to you is, how's that been working for you? So let's talk about reaching those who are outside the church. Uh, Paul called them outsiders. Sometimes I hear terms like the lost or those who are wandering or those who are um, irredeemed. You know, whatever your, your, the word is that you care to describe them, I kind of like people who are you know, not in church, unchurched kind of a broad category, but at least at least for me it kind of communicates, and so that's the term I'll be using at least most of the time during this conversation. All right. So I, I have to tell you that I got, I get emails every day, probably you do too, hundreds sometimes. Um, I'm pretty good at sending a lot of that stuff to my promotions folder that I don't really want to read, or maybe I want to read someday or whatever, and then I purge it every couple of days just because they get so many of them. But I have a couple writers who I really respect and really like who jump into my inbox every day or every other day or however often they post. And I'll leave this nameless, but I, I got an email today that it was all about church growth, you know, uh, things you can do to grow your church. And, and I appreciate it. And so I opened up the email. And the essential gist of the email was all about having really good hospitality and how to get your volunteers to be good hosts. Now, I think that's important, but I want to tell you that's important for church growth too, because if a visitor does not come back a second time, you can't grow your church. It just isn't possible. 
And a lot of our churches have a lot of problems with that, that, that folks come and they, that they, they don't stay. They, they visit, and then it's like, yeah, no thank you, and they never return. And that's not a net win for the church, and to be honest, it's not a net win for the kingdom, because sometimes people come, they come the first time, they go, yeah, and they decide, yeah, church is what I thought it was. I have no intention of going back. That's, that's a loss for the kingdom. Now, reality, folks, is sometimes we just have one chance, one shot to get it right. And if someone comes and has a bad experience or they didn't find what they were looking for, not that we can be the end-all, be-all for everybody every time, but the bottom line is is that if that's what happens and they don't come back, then, you know, it might not just be a loss for the church. It might be a loss for the kingdom. So I find it really critically important to think about the strategies that we need as a church to get people in, to get people to stay, to turn them into disciples of Jesus Christ, and equally as important as all the rest, is return them back into their neighborhoods as neighborhood missionaries. People who go out and actually invite people to experience what they've experienced. And hopefully they've experienced something transformational in your church. So anyway, this episode is about increasing your first-time visitor count. That's the first of the four strategies that every growing church that we've ever done research in, and we've been doing this for a long, long time, the Effective Church Group has changed its name a couple of times, but we've been around since the 1980s. We're the oldest church uh, consulting firm in the United States. We've, been doing, we've done a lot of research. We continue to do research reaching out to find out what's working in the North American continent and how to make disciples, how to grow churches. And we've found that there are four common strategies that every growing church, and we mean every growing church, somehow focuses on. They may not know they're focusing on it, but they are focusing on it, and that is what we call the four key strategies. The first strategy is what we call the invite strategies, getting people into the doors of your church. Now, remember the church is in the building, so that may be getting them into the doors of a small group or into a discussion with you at the coffee shop or the bar or wherever you're hanging out. Remember when the two or more gathered, you know, the church and all that kind of stuff. So, so it, it's not just getting people into the doors of your worship service, but let's be honest, and I really want to talk about honesty here, um, that's where most of us as pastors are really focused on. How do we get people there on Sunday morning? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So <clears throat> number one, first strategy, increase your visitor count. We call it invite. Second core strategy is the connect strategy. People have to come. We get people to come, and then we have to get them to hang around with us long enough so that we can do the third strategy, which is disciple. So that second strategy, the connect strategy, is how do we connect people to Members in your church, how do we get people to connect with the pastor? How do we get people to connect with the congregation um, and the church service and everything that's going on? How do we get people to connect with the mission? And how do we get people to connect with each other? And, of course, ultimately, how do we get people to connect with Jesus Christ? Which is more than just discipleship, but it includes, right, you know, it kind of bleeds over. They merge together between connect and disciple. The third core strategy, as you probably surmised, is discipleship. How do we take someone 
who is a completely unchurched person who's, who doesn't know the difference between Peter and Hezekiah, um, and, and how do we help them and walk them into the kingdom, walk them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and then walk them from that relationship all the way in to a, become a fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ whose life is completely transformed in every aspect of their life. That's the discipleship core strategy. And that's a very powerful and important strategy because, let's be honest, our discipleship strategies in most churches has failed miserably. We have created really great church members and not so great disciples. So that's another conversation for another day. But the bottom line is that strategy is of critical importance and needs some really some major overhauling in most of our churches. And of course, the last core strategy is, is sending them back out, the people who come in and work the process, send them back out as neighborhood missionaries to go and take the gospel to all of their neighbors and to all of the world a little bit at a time. But let's just start with the neighborhoods. If our people were doing their work, being missionaries in their neighborhoods, man, you know, it, it would reach out. It, it goes and goes and goes, etc. All right. So those are the four key strategies. And all of those are necessary for a good church growth strategy. You have to have strategies for each. But again, we're going to talk today about three things you can do to increase your first-time visitors, which is how do we take that invite strategy and maximize it? Now, I had this conversation yesterday with my growing church network uh, pastors. We have uh, pastors who come together and we do group coaching and we do training and whatnot. And yesterday, Tuesdays is my day when I get together with them. We were having a conversation about the invite strategies. And uh, I was talking with a pastor who uh, was, was struggling because he's bivocational and doesn't have the time he needs to be able to really do the growth stuff, get out there and grow the church. We'll talk about that in a bit. And, and, he, and, and he was saying, you know, I, I, I just don't know what to do when he was doing this and this and this. And he was just kind of scattered in all his ways. He was trying to get visitors into the church. So I, I, I reminded him, and, and I'll remind you, I'll share with you. There are three primary strategies that churches can employ and sometimes do employ. But there's three strategies you have a choice of. You, don't want, you can't do all three. You, it, it divides you and you, none of them, you don't do any of them well. Churches are really bad about that. We do a lot of things and none of them very well. And the same goes for our inviting. What is the strategy that we're going to choose that is going to reach people in our community? Now, I will tell you that of the three strategies, two of the three don't work very well. And I'm going to sh share with them with you because you need to know because you're probably already using them or have been trying them and if you had kind of miserable success. But they are legitimate strategies that work sometimes if you know how to work it and you put some energy and effort and focus and your resources into it. So the number one strategy that every pastor who I've ever spoken to really wants to work um, and focus on is marketing. We want to be able to you know, do Facebook ads and Google ads and get our Facebook page and our website all looking great. And we want our sermons out there streamed and, and edited and with little clips you know, to, that we are using for to, that's come on to one. And we want that to work, to bring in visitors. And to a, some extent, in some places, that can work. In fact, it can work almost any, every place if 
you are focused on it correctly and doing what you need to do. The problem is that most churches can't afford it, and most churches aren't willing to do what it takes to do effective marketing. Um, and again, I'll, I'll just say to you that, how's that working for you? Because you're probably doing some of that or have done some of that. We've done newspaper ads. We've done radio ads. We've done social media ads. We've done social media posts. We've done, you know, and it, it's ad nauseum. But the things we've done marketing-wise, trying to get people to come in. Now, there's a couple problems with marketing as our primary strategy. Uh, and the, the main problem is, is our target audience. If we're trying to reach people who are beyond the church, you know, my unchurched folks, um, they don't want what you're offering. They don't want to go to church. If they wanted to go to church, they'd have gone to church. It's free to go to church. It, you know, all it takes is an hour, hour and a half, two hours in some places, you know, to, to go to church. You, you show up, you hang out, and away you go. And mm, not such a great plan. They, 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 they're not interested. They don't, they don't want your product. They, 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 they don't want the church. They're not wild about the Christians they know or some of the Christians they know. They certainly don't like what they see on TV about the church and Christianity. And they go, yeah, no. But on top of that, unchurched Bob and Barbara, they're my paradigmatic unchurched people, they already have stuff they're doing every Sunday morning. They have their ritual. Everybody does. If you have a ritual to go to church, you get up, you get ready to church, you go to church, da-da-da. They have a ritual, too. They get up, they make their coffee or their sweet rolls or whatever they're going to have. They sit down and watch This Week with George Stephanopoulos or, or Meet the Press or soccer or golf or they go for a walk or whatever. They have their routine. To get them to break that routine generally takes more than a social media post or 12. They, they have to want to come for some reason. And the bottom line is they mostly don't want to come. So marketing is, we need to do it, I suppose. And in fact, we do need to do it. We need to do it to build our reputation in the community and so on. But if you're depending on marketing to bring in a steady flow of first-time visitors, well, my response to you is, how's that been working for you? Okay, so that's strategy number one, that we wished works. It generally doesn't. Strategy number two that you have an option on is to get your members to invite people to the to church. That is an excellent strategy. How's that working for you? And you're not the first pastor to stand in the pulpit and say, y'all need to invite. The pastor before you said that. The pastor before that person said that. The pastor before that person said that. We've all been saying that for years. It hasn't moved the needle. And if you think you're going to move that needle, Good luck with that, because you're probably not. Um, the, the, again, my guess is you've already been saying it for months or years. And, you know, someone invites someone once in a while, but not in general. They don't invite people because your members have already invited everybody they know. They've invited everybody they know several times. And they don't invite some people they know because... They don't, some people would come to the church and go, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, why would you invite me to this? They, they, they already know that some of their friends would go, uh-uh, no, 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 heck no. Um, and so they don't invite them. And, of course, they don't invite their neighbor neighbors that they've invited 14 times. And they've said yes once, they came once, and they said no, thank you. And they've invited them again, they go, yeah, no. And so they've just given up. They stopped inviting people. Now, that doesn't mean that your members won't invite and it doesn't mean your members can't invite. And in fact, there are ways to leverage that strategy of the three strategies, uh, the three tools I'm going to teach you about how to get visitors to the door in just a minute. Of the three tools, one of those is 
getting your members to invite and providing a means by which they can do that and by which they will do that. But if you put all your eggs in that basket and you keep doing what you've always done, well, you see what you're getting. But it's not a horrible strategy. It's certainly better than, uh, or more effective, I should say, than marketing, but yeah. So the second strategy that you have an option of is to get your members to invite. And if you can do that, great. The third one, I call it the church catalyst uh, strategy. And that is, pastor, if marketing doesn't do it, it doesn't. If getting your members to invite doesn't do it, it hasn't. Then that leaves one option. You need a church catalyst, a church growth catalyst. And that catalyst, pastor, is you. Marketing doesn't do it. Member inviting isn't doing it. That means, pastor, you are the church growth catalyst. I love Matthew 9 and Matthew 10. I don't know why they divided it there. But in Matthew 9, Jesus says, pray for workers of the harvest, for the harvest, because the harvest is right. And in Matthew 10, he says, and you are the answer to that prayer. You, I'm sending out. I'm sending you out to go and make disciples. Wow, there's novel thought that the pastor is going to be the catalyst that grows the church. That is the way to get first-time visitors in is, Pastor, we're going to get you out of your office and we're going to get you doing those things that will actually bring first-time visitors in. Let's jump into those three things so you have them before we're out of time. All right, so number one. Number one, you can actually do in your office. So as you get up the courage to have to, to spend a significant time out of the office, not doing office hours, but doing out in the community hours, uh, community service hours, shall we say, yeah, you can just tell your folks, hey, listen, i got to do community service. That, that will clear everything up, right, as you walk out of your office. Anyway, out of the office into, into the community, but to, before you get there, you need to develop sermons that visitors would be willing to come and hear. I hear, in fact, I just today, I heard a pastor tell me, tell me that the reason his church was growing because of his expository preaching. First thing let me share with you, generally speaking, Preaching, good preaching doesn't grow churches. Now, bad preaching can kill a church, but preaching in and of itself, if there's some really great preachers in some very, very, very small churches that are not growing. Preaching by itself doesn't grow churches. It, it takes the four strategies to grow the churches. That's what we said to begin with, right? But good preaching that is relevant to those you're trying to reach, if you're trying to reach people. Now, let's be clear. We mostly write our sermons for a congregation that's there, the people there. When we, what, do, what does my congregation need to hear? And that's great if you don't want to grow your congregation. I mean, your congregation may grow in terms of discipleship, perhaps. How's that working for you? They may become uh, more effective as church members, uh, etc. But grow the church? Not so much because you're focused on who you already have. If you want to grow your church, start writing sermons and create titles that are marketable and, you know, that, that communicate that this is a cool sermon, you know, something that piques their interest. But the title also has to say, this is what this sermon is about in concrete ways. Because you have people in your community, people who you want to reach, people, Bob and Barbara, who are stuck in their routine but have a loveless marriage or are struggling financially, or have kids that are acting out, or have kids that are married to their cell phone, or their spouse is married to their cell phone, or there's any number of issues that people are facing and losing sleep over, and the Bible 
and Jesus and your sermon can help them build those bridges and find that full and abundant life that Jesus promised them. But the only way they're going to come hear your sermon is if you tell them that, hey, I've got a sermon series coming up or a sermon coming up that is going to address that problem. And it's worth breaking your routine to come and hear it. No one's showing up because they want to find, they, they want to be saved. You know, the whole salvation thing, you know. I, I saw someone this week who told me that he was creating a sermon so that people would find out that living life without Jesus is hell. And it's like, okay, that's clever. No unchurched person is going to come there for that because every unchurched person already thinks they're going to heaven. They're convinced they're going to heaven. The loving God wouldn't send anyone to hell. And your efforts to tell them otherwise aren't going to convince them. They're unconvincing. They don't buy the Bible as an authoritative piece anyway. And it's like their, their logic is above everything else in their personal opinion. So if you start there, no one's showing up. And you can wish it would be, otherwise it's not. I'm a pragmatist. What is not working, let's fix it. And what is not working is what we're doing. So we gotta get the people there. And the way we do is we have to have a, a, a bait, if you will. We have to have something really, you don't bait and switch. But you wanna offer them something, they go, wow, I need to hear that. My marriage is in trouble. Here's a, here's a sermon series coming on how to fix your marriage with biblical principles. Now, people aren't, aren't, aren't anti-Bible, they're anti-church. So it's okay to talk about a biblical sermon or biblical solution, but it has to be solutions to their needs, their problems. So develop some sermons, some, some term, sermon titles that people are willing to come and hear. That's number one. That's job one, is to create something people want to come to. No one wants to go to church. So when your members say, we don't come to church with me, they go, uh, no. Why? Because the, the church is, there's a number of reasons why they don't want to go to church. But they, you, you want to come here, talk to your neighbor, say, you want to come? And my pastor's talking about three weeks on how to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Oh, really? Yeah, man, I'm over my head in debt. And, and it, it, he's not going to talk about how much i got to give to the church or whatever. No, that's not what we're talking about. You know, it's, it's about, oh, yeah, okay, I, I, I can come do that now. That sounds, that sounds helpful. You have to offer them something that they find helpful. And you can be hard-hitting biblical. I'm not saying water it down. I am saying give them solutions to their problem and the problems that they have, the problems they're facing, things that are keeping them up all night long. That's job number one. And that's the first and most important way to get first-time visitors in. And of course, now the next piece is, once you have those, and I recommend doing six months in advance. So you have this series followed by this series followed by this series, or if you're not a series preacher, this sermon, this sermon, this sermon. You've got them all planned out so you can say to your people, this is going to be important in step three, you say to your people, if you know someone who has struggled with your marriage, this date they need to be here. you got someone who's struggling with finances, this date they need to be here. you got someone who's struggling with have, how to have decent kids, this week is, this, you know, like you have people taking care of their aged parents. This is a, so that people can invite, not to church, but say, hey, listen, my pastor's talking about this. Again, that's step three. We get there momentarily. So once you have your sermons in hand with dates and really good titles, because the titles are the marketable piece that communicate what the sermon's about, then, pastor, you have a job. Again, community service. I call them five-a-days every single day. You leave your office for however many hours it takes, and you make five new connections. Now, here's, I promise you this. If you will put this into practice, your church will see an increase of visitors 
within two or three weeks. But this is work. You have to make five new connections every single day. And when I say five new connections, I mean five people that you don't have contact information for. Five new people that you have conversations with. Not they don't be spiritual conversations, but they ought to know you're a pastor. Um, you know, but five conversations with five people that you don't have their contact information, and then you do. You get their contact information. They give it to you. They, they give you their information so you can follow up. Five every day. That'd be between 20 and 25 a week. That's full time. That's your part time. I recommend three a day. So, whatever it is, if you'll do that, you'll be, have between 20 and 25 people that you'll meet new, have conversations with new every week. And I can promise you, Pastor, some of them are going to like you. Some of them are going to connect and go, man, and you're going to invite them to something as you get to know them better because you're going to follow up with them, have coffee with them later, etc. Um, you know, those that you connect with, those you discover are actually unchurched. Some will actually be in a church somewhere that you meet. And, and they still count. They just, they're somewhere, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to show up at your church. But some of them are going to gonna connect with you. You can have a conversation with them. You can find out something about them. And you can say, hey, you know, I've got a sermon series coming up on um, in, in January that is really going to solve the problem you're facing. I'd love for you to be there. Wow, I'm going to be there. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll meet you in the, in the not the narthex, the foyer or I'll pick you up or whatever. All right? Five a days, every day, you follow up, get connections, get contact information, and then follow up with them. If you'll do that, I guarantee you'll see new first-time visitors two to three weeks into it if you're faithful in doing that. When I coach church planters, we require that. Five every day. Every single day. You don't get to stop. You do it every day. I live in a small town. There's not that many people. Well, then, well, A, B, is you probably don't already know everybody to begin with. And B, you know, um, there's two people coming in, two people going out, and you got the county seat, you got a county you can reach out to. So there's more than what you think. All right. Number one, develop sermons that, they, that visitors would be willing to come and hear. Number two, five a days. And number three is help your members to invite. Now, that's that other strategy, right? Well, yes and no. It is part of the other strategy, but we're going to use it in this strategy because as a church growth catalyst, you are the catalyst that is giving them the tools. That would be your job. Give them the tools so that they can invite people to the upcoming sermon series. So you need to be able to give them a list of your sermon topics, you know, your sermon series or whatever you're doing with dates so that, and then it, and explain to them this sermon series coming up in, this is, I'm talking in the end of August, so it's September or October. Let's do October. The series I'm, I'm starting in October is is how to um, uh, survive divorce. So I'm doing three weeks on how to survive divorce because we want marriages to last, but sometimes they break up. And so if you know someone who is is in the process of divorce or or is divorced and struggling with it, I want you to invite them. Every one of your members probably knows someone who has that problem, a family member. Could be a neighbor, could be a coworker, but they will immediately. Oh, I know who I need to invite, and they'll actually invite them if you give them tools to invite. So there's two tools to give them, and then we need to wrap this up because I am like out of time. The first tool is create social media um, events. You create like on Facebook, you create an event for every sermon series with the dates and all that, and, and talks about it. Then your members can share that with those they know who are struggling with whatever the upcoming topic is. So you, you get those on 
Facebook or whatever uh, social media platform that you specialize in. Get them up there so people can share them. That's the first clue you give them. Number two is to create an invite card. And I'm going to put one here on the screen so you can see it. That's an invite card. It's a card that you print. It's a business card. Um, I have a pastor who said we can't afford business cards, so we did flyers. Hey, whatever works. Half sheet, paper, flyers, um, quarter sheet, whatever. Great. And it has you know, some clever little graphic that, in, that it communicates what the sermon is about. And the dates and what the topics are, you know, and the, and of course the the uh, the sermon titles, the series titles, and of course information about the church, what time it is, where it is, and most important, really, is your website URL. If you don't have a website, then you put your Facebook page URL, but somewhere where they can connect with you online. Three tools for the invite strategy: develop sermons that. Visitors are willing to come here, not the ones you want to preach, the ones they, they would be willing to come here. Number two, five a days with follow-up. Number three, give your members the, the tools they need to invite folks. Hey, I'm out of time, and Chris will be back next week, uh, probably, thankfully, for all of us. And, uh, and I'll see you next week. Have a great week.